Welcome to the Cities Church Podcast. We're a church that's on a mission to plant 100 churches in 100 cities that each reach 1,000 people in the next 10 years. Today, we have an incredible message for you and pray that through listening, you'll walk away empowered to fulfill the mission of Jesus in your life. Well, good morning, Cities Church. Happy Mother's Day to all of our moms who are tuning in this morning. We love you so much. You are a pillar and a strength to our families. And so from Cities Church, we just want to say happy Mother's Day. We love you so much. I hope you were able to stop by yesterday for a cupcake and a flower. I also love the running theme in the video that said, I love that she makes me food and chicken and meat. And I have to say, I definitely agree to that. So I I'm so grateful for my mom. She definitely taught me a lot of things. I would not be who I am today without her. So happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. Well, I cannot tell you how excited I am to be preaching God's word to you this morning. I am so grateful for the opportunity to share God's word with you. I'm so grateful for our incredible pastor, Pastor Ben, for allowing me to share the platform with him. So come on, hit me up in the chat this morning if you are grateful for Pastor Ben. I know that I am. And this last series that he just did was absolutely amazing. I loved the advantage. I took so many notes that I almost considered just taking some of my notes and re-preaching his message because it was so good. But the Holy Spirit told me not to do that. But I'm so grateful for our pastor. And if you have not listened to the messages on the advantage, I want to encourage you to go online. It's on YouTube. You're on YouTube right now. So go on YouTube, watch part one, part two, part three, and then don't just listen to it. I want you to put it in into practice in your life. I have learned over the years of being a part of this ministry to really take the things that Pastor Ben says seriously because he's spoken a lot of words over my life and I've seen them happen. If you don't believe me, let me give you a few examples of how I've seen that happen in my own life. In 2016, I was attending a prayer meeting. If you don't know that about us by now, Cities Church, we pray. We love to pray. We were having a prayer meeting right here in this building, actually, and we were all praying over the pews. We're praying for God to move. And Pastor Ben was praying right here on the platform. And then he just quietly called me up. He told me to come up on the stage, and I came up here. And he told me, hey, Faith, I want you to look out because you're going to be preaching from this stage one day. And this was 2016, guys. So you got to understand, my life was going a very different direction at that point. I just thought I was being my good Christian girl, going to church, praying, serving. I was not planning to be in ministry at all. And so when Pastor Ben spoke that over me, I was very shocked. But I was like, okay, sounds good. But just the ways that he's spoken into my life remind me of this verse. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20, it says, Put your trust in the Lord your God and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. This has been my experience in my own life because Pastor Ben has spoken word after word. And I didn't even think about the word from 2016 until last year where I was seeing that happen in my life more and more. I'd left my job full-time working as a, a counselor in a center and I moved to working at the church full-time and preaching full messages. And then I remembered, oh my goodness, Pastor Ben totally prophesied this in 2016 over my life. He was also sharing with you about the fact that in November last year, this is my second example for you, if you don't believe me, two testimonies, that should get you hooked. But in November last year, we were praying and he was speaking into my life about pastoring and leadership and what that looks like. And he told me that the book of Nehemiah would be really powerful and impactful and significant for my life in 2020 and for our church. And at that point, I was like, Nehemiah? 
are you sure it's not Joshua or like a great prophet or someone who did something like way bigger? He's like, no, Nehemiah. It's like, okay, sounds good. Again, I just remembered my verse in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20, that says, trust in his prophets and succeed. And so I just took that to heart. And the story of Nehemiah is about rebuilding broken walls. And we're going to go into detail about that in the ne- over the next four weeks. But last year, I was like, nothing's broken. Why am I going to be talking about people rebuilding when nothing's broken right now? But who knows that we serve a great God who sees far above anything that we can see. And he already saw 2020 and what would be happening. And so now I'm seeing that there are so many people right now who need to rebuild and do so much more in their lives because their plans, their dreams, and different things have been broken down. So that's why I trust my, my pastor. So if you have ever had Pastor Ben speak something over your life, I would definitely consider thinking about that really well because I've seen it happen in my own life. So guess what I'm talking about this morning, church? If you guess Nehemiah, you get a gold star. I'm talking about the book of Nehemiah. I know what you're thinking. You're like, where's Nehemiah again? I know. I thought the same thing, but you know, you're at home. No one can see you, so you can just do it in your Bible app. It's also going to be on the screen for you. I know you're probably thinking, what's that story about again? Don't worry about it. I will be telling you about that story. Maybe why is Nehemiah important for us right now? Nehemiah experienced a situation like many of us are experiencing right now in this season. So I would love to share that with you. Are you ready this morning, church? I hope you're saying from home that you're ready because if you were here, I would be talking directly to you. So I'm talking directly to you at home this morning. Let's go right into the word. I'm going to be talking about being in position, how pain prepares you for your assignment. Being in position, how pain prepares you for your assignment. I know what you're thinking. I don't like pain. I'm with you. I honestly don't like pain that much either. But I have learned over the years and with different experiences that sometimes pain can be beneficial to us. You've probably heard that cliche, no pain, no gain. That's easier said than done. But I've also seen that happen in my own life. I used to do CrossFit and I had this one coach who would always tell me, Faith, you have to get to a place where you can push a little bit past the pain threshold for you to get fit and for you to get stronger. And I hated that, especially when you're in the middle of trying to throw a hundred balls on a wall. It's like, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that right now. But he was right. Every time I just stood there a little bit more, every time I just pushed a little bit further, I saw myself getting better in that area. Another example in my own life where I've seen that pain can sometimes be beneficial to us is, I'm Nigerian. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm Nigerian. If there's any Nigerians watching, love you guys. But Nigerians, we tend to be very blunt about life, um, just very straightforward about things. And there's something my mom used to say to me when I was growing up. If I was trying to whine or complain about something, she would look at me and be like, look, womanhood is painful, so just get used to it now. At that time, I was like 13. I'm like, why are, you, why are you telling me this right now? This feels like you should be telling me some more positive things. But she's like, womanhood is painful. So you can't give up just because something's uncomfortable. And I'm so glad that she told me that because it actually taught me how to live in a way that I'm, I don't always run from uncomfortable situations. I don't always run from discomfort. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. So what do I mean exactly when I say pain? I mean something that causes you physical suffering or distress. 
I don't mean the pain caused by any type of abuse, emotional, physical, mental. Please know that that type of pain is never okay. But when I talk about pain, I mean the discomfort that comes with being in a situation that is not what you want, planned, or imagined. That kind of pain is what I want to be talking to you about this morning. I'm sure you can agree with me that none of us wanted, planned, or imagined the effects that COVID-19 is having on our world and on your lives right now. The loss of lives, jobs, security, comfort, are some of the things that we're used to doing, we can't even do it anymore. And that has caused some discomfort in our lives. Businesses have suffered and maybe are still suffering. Individuals have suffered and are maybe still suffering because of COVID-19. And even if you're not personally suffering, I can guarantee that you know someone who has or who is. So what do we do? How are we supposed to handle this? See, I have learned from my personal experience and my walk with God and from hearing about the experiences of people who walk with the Lord and who I trust that sometimes not getting what we want is actually a setup for getting what we need. Sometimes we think, oh, I didn't get what I wanted. My dreams, my plans are not working out the way I wanted them to. But sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it's actually a setup for getting what you need. See, how can I say this? Because sometimes it takes the pain of discomfort and distress of losing what we have always known to reposition us. Think about it. Would you even consider doing life the way you're doing life right now without the, the crisis of COVID-19? I'm going to use us as an example at church. If you grew up in church, if you've been a believer for a long time, you probably don't like the fact that you can't gather in a building. I know. I miss you guys being here that I can yell to you and you can yell back to me. So I hope you do that from home this morning. But because of the crisis that we found ourselves in, because of the discomfort of not being able to gather in a building, we have been forced to reposition ourselves and do things differently so that now we can actually reach people through online church who are not even in this room, may not be in this city, and may be somewhere farther than we can even imagine. This pain repositioned us to do things differently. Some of you may be with your family, it's very uncomfortable that you have the kids at home all the time. You have to teach them all these different courses. I know. I know it's not comfortable. But you can think about how it has repositioned families and parents to actually get to spend more time investing in the education of their, of their kids. And it's causing families to have deeper intimacy because they're getting to know each other all day. I know it's not that convenient, but there's benefit to it as well or businesses who did things a certain way before COVID, but now they have to do things differently and it's caused them to be creative and innovative and now they have more exposure than they ever would have had before. The discomfort, the distress of this season has repositioned us to do things differently. See, it takes something profoundly distressing to cause us to change what we have been doing and to see that we can do something different and even better. And this is where the story of Nehemiah comes in. I remember reading the story over and over for the last few months and trying to understand how is this supposed to fit with our lives in 2020? How? And with everything that we've seen in our world right now, I see just how. You see, like many of us, Nehemiah was a regular guy, which is one of the reasons I absolutely love his story. He was not a priest. He was not a prophet. He was not this guy who worked in the religious organization. So it made sense that he would do what he did, 
No, he was a regular guy working a regular job, living a regular life until something profound happened. He heard a news that changed the position that he was in and caused him to see things a little bit differently. So let's go to Nehemiah this morning. We're going to go to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1, from verse 1 to 4. You're at home, so you don't have to, like, flip through your Bible. I know you're trying to figure out where it is right now. But it will be on the screen for you as well. It says, the memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. It was the month of Kislev in the 20th year. And at the time, I was in the palace complex at Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, had just arrived from Judah with some fellow Jews. I asked them about the conditions among the Jews there who had survived the exile and about Jerusalem. They told me the exile survivors who are left there in the province are in bad shape. Conditions are appalling. The wall of Jerusalem is still in rubble and the city gates are still cinders. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. I mourned for days, fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And if you're wondering why this even matters, you're like, okay, that doesn't really help me. In Nehemiah's day, having walls that were broken down was a big problem. It meant that the city was vulnerable to attacks, economic failure, and disarray, and people did not feel safe in that place. And doesn't this feel like our world in 2020 right now? Our world feels like it's in bad shape and the conditions are appalling from people losing their jobs, people being sick, people not being able to see their friends and family, churches not being able to gather, students not being able to graduate, children being homeschooled. Our conditions are appalling and people can even say that right now we are in bad shape. Many of us like Nehemiah have probably sat down and wept over the last few months. Some of us maybe are weeping daily. Some of us cannot see how this will end well. But as a believer in Jesus, I want you to know that you can say a different story and you can sing a different song because this place of pain can actually become a place that positions you to come out of this season prepared, equipped, and ready for life after COVID-19. I know you're sitting in your house right now being like, okay, crazy person, How can you say this? How can I be so confident that as a believer in Jesus, you can say a different story? Here's how I can be confident. John 10 verse 10 tells us this. It says, and the thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance. Do you see everything in abundance in this verse? More than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. This is why I can be confident that you can be positioned right now to come out of this season equipped, prepared, and ready for life after COVID-19 because this verse did not change because COVID-19 happened. This verse is still true for you that Jesus came to give you everything in abundance. I know you may not be thinking right now that maybe you don't think the devil is necessarily the one who brought COVID-19, but I'm sure you will agree with me that the effects of this situation has stolen something from you. What has stolen? 
lives or jobs or whatever it is. It has stolen something from you. That's okay because Jesus came to give you everything in abundance. Jesus came to give you wisdom in abundance. Jesus came to give you joy in abundance. Jesus came to give you direction in abundance. And if you would just tap into this verse, if you would just believe what it says as a believer in Jesus, you can know that you can come out of this on the other side. Say amen at home this morning if you believe it. See, Nehemiah received bad news, news that he did not expect. He was in distress. And here's how we know that he was in distress, actually, because it said he mourned, he fasted, and he prayed. Not the praying part, but I always think if someone is happy, they're not mourning, they're not weeping, and they're definitely not fasting if they're happy. But because he was in distress, the news had put him in a place of pain for his nation, we see that he was mourning and fasting. So what did he do? How did he respond to this? I love that it started with saying that he mourned because it means that he felt it. He felt his feelings. So don't feel like in this season, you need to prove that you're this strong person and not show that this season has actually affected you. No, you can feel it. If you do not acknowledge pain, you cannot deal with pain. So you need to acknowledge what this is doing to you or what it has done to you. But I don't want you to stop there because Nehemiah did not stop there. After he felt his feelings, after he acknowledged his pain, this is what he did next. And this is what I want you to do next in your life as well. He prayed and fasted before the God of heaven. If you read the rest of this first chapter in Nehemiah, it is literally a prayer. After the first four uh, verses that I read to you, the rest of it is him praying to God and asking God for direction. If you're a member of City's Church, come on, you remember that this is our year of foundation. And one of the disciplines that we're doing as a church, the discipline number one, is prayer and fasting. That's where it starts from. We see, we learned this year in January when Pastor Ben was preaching on disciplines that prayer and fasting is the pillar of a spirit-empowered life. And so I love that Nehemiah did that because it's trying to show us the blueprint for the first step to rebuilding. You can't rebuild if you don't know what you're rebuilding or how to rebuild or what steps to take. And so Nehemiah started by praying. Nehemiah started by seeking God. Nehemiah just started by saying, I don't know what the solution is, but right here in your presence, God, I'm giving you my pain. I choose to position myself in your presence. Do what you will with it. And over the next four weeks, you're going to get to learn all that Nehemiah did, how he rebuilt. But I wanted to start today with a foundation, that the foundation to rebuilding your broken dreams, broken plans, is prayer. I know you are hoping for like a three-step process that I could just give you and you could go do it today and it'll be done. Well, my one process is prayer. This is why at City's Church, we do not do anything without prayer. It all starts with prayer. Are you praying in this season? Have you taken your pain before God in prayer? See, Nehemiah had no idea what the result of his prayers would be, but he went into God's presence anyway. See, what should you do with your pain in this season? I want to encourage you to pray. How can you handle the uncertainty of this season? You guessed it again, pray. How can you receive wisdom and direction to know what next step you need to take? You need to pray. And here's why. You cannot rebuild a dynamic and powerful future 
after COVID-19 without prayer. You want to rebuild your life. You want to rebuild the things that have been snatched away from you. You cannot know how you're supposed to rebuild it. And why, why should you do that? Because you serve a God who's all-knowing and all-seeing. He sees life after COVID-19 so he can give you wisdom, things that you've never even thought about, but you need to get it from him in the place of prayer. You're not just going to sit at home and do um, the things that you've been doing throughout this season without praying to receive the direction that God wants to give you. And he has direction for you. You see, Nehemiah could never rebuild the walls of Jerusalem without prayer. And throughout his story, we actually see over and over again, when he came up against a, a distraction or discouragement or something, he always prayed. That was the first thing he did, which is why today I want to encourage you to make prayer a priority in your life. You see, to live a life of significance, you must have a significant prayer life. To receive direction to build your life, you must pray. You have businesses, you have to pray so you can know. God knows where your market needs to go. You might not know it, but God knows it. God knows what school, what college your kids are going to go to. So you got to pray for their future. You got to pray for their lives because God sees what you cannot see yet. So you have to build your life on prayer. See, I love that when I'm confused and in distress and directionless, I can pray. And I actually experienced this in my life last summer. I told you guys with the first story uh, when Pastor Ben told me in 2016 that I was going to be preaching from this stage someday that I was not thinking about doing ministry at all. I had just graduated from university. I was going to go get my master's. I was going to be a psychotherapist. I was going to crush it. Still crushing it, guys. But I just remember it was not my plan at all. And then last year, so he spoke that word to me in 2016, but last year in summer, I believe, I was, I've been working, I was working at my job for five years and I loved it. I was good at what I did and I really enjoyed it, but something started to happen. I could not, I was not effective. I was not as effective as I knew I could be. And uh, Pastor Ben had shared a vision that our vision as a church was to build 100 churches in 100 cities across Canada in the next 10 years. And hearing about the spiritual condition in our nation, that really got me. And whatever I tried to do, however I still tried to make my own plans, I could not get that out of my head. And so what did I do? I had to pray. Because I didn't know what the next step to take was. Because it's not like what I was doing was bad. I was actually helping people. I've always have, had a heart to help people. And so I was already doing that. But I was just feeling unsettled. I was feeling uncomfortable. I just knew I needed to do something different. But I didn't know what it was, so I prayed. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And then this one day I was praying, and the Holy Spirit was like, you know what to do. I was like, I, I don't know. If I, if I knew, I would not be here right now. He's like, you do. I've told you. He's like, you need to quit your job, and you need to go work for City's Church full-time. Okay, you need, to, you need to get this. It's not like City's Church had offered me a full-time position and now I was trying to decide between like my two full-time positions, which one I needed to do. I was literally coming to City's Church and being like, hey, I would like to work for you full-time without them offering it. Talk about uncomfortable. I fought with God on this for, a few, for, for, for quite a while. I was like, uh, how is this supposed to work? Uh, I need to tell my husband about this now. How am I going to make this happen? And he just told me to obey. And so I would never, there is no way I would have heard that without first going to a place of prayer. 
I was trying to figure out where to build my life on, how to build my life, and it looked crazy to other people. I was not being offered a job. I was offering myself to the job. But that was God's desire for me. That was God's plan for my life. And I had to submit to that. But I would never have heard that if I did not go to a place of prayer first. See, I got excited that I don't know where I am in my notes now that I have to go back here and look at that. But like, why should this even matter to you? So it mattered to me to go into God's presence to pray and hear what he was saying. But why should it matter to you? Because I know that you want to live a life of purpose. Because I know that you do not want to live a life that is mediocre and doesn't impact uh, the people around you or even your life in general. That's why you built a business. That's why you're investing in your family. That's why you're doing all the things that you want to do. But I wonder if sometimes it takes something so uncomfortable to take you away from what you've always known into being a little bit more desperate for what God wants for you. See, I wonder if discomfort and difficult situations is actually God's way of getting our attention. I'm pretty sure I've heard from a lot of people with COVID that they were so busy that this season has actually caused them to slow down. I wonder if there are things that God has been wanting to speak to you and to speak into your business and to speak into your marriage and speak into your life, but you've been so busy and so fast-paced and so you're trying to hustle that you have not even slowed down enough to spend time in God's presence in prayer to hear what he actually has for you. See, I believe that you were made to live on assignment and not just based on the dreams and the plans that you have for your life. See, I love something that Pastor Ben said last week. He said, your dreams satisfy your desires, but your assignment impacts eternity. Why do you just want to live for right now if you can live for something that impacts eternity? See, that's why I believe that we're supposed to live on assignment, not just based on our dream. That's why I shared that story of my life last summer, because I was living based on my dream to be a therapist, to, to be a trauma specialist. But God had an assignment for me. And I'm reminded of people in the Bible, Jesus. Jesus lived on assignment from the moment that he came down to earth. And because he agreed to do it that way, you and I get to experience salvation. You and I get to experience deliverance. I think of other people in the Bible, Nehemiah, because he chose to go into God's presence with his pain, he was able to receive an assignment. If he did not receive the assignment, we would not even know about Nehemiah today. We would not know about his story, but he chose to live on assignment. You've got Peter. Peter decided to follow Jesus, not to just stay in his job that he was comfortable with and be a fisherman. No, he decided to follow Jesus, and because of him, we know about the gospel today. I'm so encouraged by the life of uh, Reverend Rahad Bonke, who passed away earlier this year. I think it was the end of last year. But I love his story. He lived on assignment to see Africa saved. And I wonder how his assignment, his obedience to his assignment had an impact on my life and my family because he decided to live on assignment and not just on his own dreams and plans. And I can go on and on and on about different people in the Bible who have decided, who decided to live on assignment and not just on their own plans and dreams. All the great men and women of God that we read about in the Bible and in history all lived on assignment. How about you? Will you allow the pain and the discomfort of this season to lead you to a place where you actually live on assignment and leave behind the broken dreams 
maybe, maybe this whole thing is happening. I'm not saying that's the whole reason, but there's definitely something that God wants to do through this if you would let him. Maybe the point of your pain is for you to let go of your dreams and take hold of your assignment. See, I believe that it's important to choose your assignment over your dream. And here's why. Because your dreams are short-sighted and will only satisfy you, but your assignment reaches farther and impacts others. That's what happened in Nehemiah's story. He did not follow what he was comfortable with and what he knew by just continuing to stay in the palace and serving the king. No, in God's presence, he received his assignment and it impacted the vision and the life of the people in Israel. See, I don't know about you, but I want to live on assignment. And so even though last summer, I did not understand why I needed to make that decision and take a step away from what I had known, literally into the unknown. I had no idea why I needed to do that. I just knew that God told me to do it. and I needed to live my life on assignment. You see, I had to be willing to look crazy to leave something so secure for something that didn't feel like it was secure yet. But here's what people did not know when they looked at my life. All they could see was the decision on the outside, but the fact that I was in some sense giving up my dream or plan, but what they could not see is that I decided to no longer live to just satisfy my desires, but to live on assignment, making an eternal impact and telling other people about Jesus. And that might not be your specific assignment, but I truly believe that this season, this, this time of social isolation and social distancing is giving you an opportunity to be attentive to what God is actually saying to you. See, I don't just want to work for a job. I want to live on assignment. If you have someone who's beside you, tell them, I want to live on assignment. Come on, if you were here, you would be yelling it. So yell it at the TV. Say, I want to live on assignment. I want to live on assignment. Thank you. <laughs> I believe that this season has significance for you. It's time to pursue living on assignment because now you have the time, you have the space to fully be attentive and listen to all God is trying to tell you and how he wants to lead you and direct you in this season. See, you have been put in position, my friend. I know it doesn't feel like it. I know it doesn't feel good, but I believe that you have been put in position. So use this position of isolation to hear what God is saying to you. Use this position of distress to work on yourself emotionally, mentally, because where God is taking you after COVID-19 requires you to be strong emotionally and mentally. Use this position of having more time to fulfill your assignment of raising godly children and powerful marriages. Use this position of having more time to stop thinking so small. You serve the God of the universe and he wants your business, he wants your life to impact not just the people around you and what you see around you, but even farther beyond that. Use this position of desperation to find out what creative ideas and innovation God has for you. Use this this position, my friends, to get ready for what's coming. And your assignment requires that. You're in position. 
that's what this is all about. I'm just setting you up for the next four weeks. You're going to want to be tuning in every single week. We're going to go into the nitty gritty of building. But the first thing I want you to know about is that you can live on assignment. Here's what you need to know, though. It will not be easy. I know. I just had to tell you. Someone had to give you the disclaimer. It will not be easy. We're going to go deeper into Nehemiah's story. But I told you in the beginning that the first thing he did was pray because he didn't know where he was really going to go or how he was going to provide a solution to the problem. But he just knew that it broke his heart and he wanted to see a change. So Nehemiah prayed, right? That sounds, that sounds cute. He just prayed and that's good. Guess how long he prayed for? Throw your, guess, your guesses in the chat. Two days? Who thinks two days? Seven days? Anyone? Two minutes? Four minutes. Oh, that's, that's pretty. 21 days? Anyone? 40 days? 40 days is a good biblical. Four months. And it, it wasn't like it took him four months and then everything was fixed. No. It was four months until he got the next step. It was four months until he got direction. It was four months in prayer. And that verse actually told us day and night he prayed for four months for him to actually see that he could be part of the solution to the problem that he was bringing before God. Come on, someone. I believe that God wants to give you solutions to problems that the world is facing. But it's not going to happen when you pray for four minutes. It's not going to happen after you pray for three days or seven days. It took him four months. I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying it's going to take you four months. I'm just saying you have to be ready to not give up. See, Jesus... As soon as he was born, he was Messiah, right? Like before he was born, he was the Messiah. But it took 30 years before he actually stepped into fulfilling his destiny. It took Nehemiah four months to get the first direction. It took me three years to see the first manifestation of a word that was spoken to me about preaching on the stage. I spoke my first full message in 2019 and I received that word in 2016. I gave up my job in 2019 in summer, and I can tell you that it was only this year when I started to see the things happening around me that I was like, thank you, Jesus, for directing me. Thank you for setting me in position so I can be ready for what's going to hit our world in 2020. So don't you give up. Maybe you've been, maybe you're still at the weeping and crying stage. That's okay. Nehemiah did that. But I want you to get up from weeping and crying. Or I want you to take your weeping and crying into the presence of God. And you stay there until he's done. Until he's finished changing you. Until he's finished doing what he's willing to do. Don't give up on me. I'm going to come find you. I don't know where you live, so it's okay. I won't actually find you. But I just want to let you know that no matter what happens, no matter how long it takes do not give up on your assignment. Don't give up on it. There may be people around you who are saying things and it makes you want to give up, but don't. God didn't give them the assignment. He gave you the assignment. What God spoke specifically to Nehemiah was specific to Nehemiah. And so sometimes you're worried because there are people around you who maybe are not supporting you. But you need to know what you heard from God. See, last summer, I knew I heard from God. And so I, I talked to my husband about it, and he said, yes, I think that's what we're supposed to do. And then I took it to my pastor, and I'm like, pastor, this is what I, I believe God is saying to our family. So I, heard, I was very confident in the word of God. I was very confident in the assignment he had given me. 
that no one else could take that from me. So when you receive the assignment, be confident in it. No matter what, do not give up. See, when you choose to live on assignment, you can be sure that God will have your back. This is what he does. If it impacts eternity, God is in it. And I want you to know that you cannot receive an eternity impacting assignment from any other source but God. And sometimes he will speak it to you directly and other times he will use your church or the leaders around you. But be rest assured that when God speaks, he backs it up. I love this verse in Isaiah 55 from verse 10 to 11. It says, just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. This is God. They'll do the work I sent them to do and they'll complete the assignment that I gave them. That's how you can be confident that if you will not give up on the assignment God has given to you, that it will come to pass. That's why at City's Church, we know that 100 times 1,000 equals 10 will happen because it came from God and he's going to back it up. And so I want you to know that you need to live on assignment and you can trust that God will be with you when you do that. I'm going to leave you this morning with just one thought and we'll continue to go. I'm so excited for what God's going to speak to you and to our church over the next few weeks, just showing you how to rebuild. But I wanted to start with this foundation today and I couldn't move from it. I was trying to find something else. It's like, Lord, there must be something else you want to say. And he says, no, you need to start by showing people that it's prayer. Prayer is the place where that starts. That is where the foundation is. So I wanted to share that with you, and I'm so excited to continue to talk about what Nehemiah did and how he rebuilt and how he was able to overcome um, oppression from other people and other things that try to come against what God had spoken to him. But I want to let you know this, because I've been saying assignments so much today, and you're probably wondering, why do you keep yelling this at us? This is why. I believe that living to accomplish your dreams has no guarantee. doesn't mean it's not good can have a good dream and it can succeed and prosper, but it has no guarantee. But living to accomplish your God-given assignment is guaranteed to succeed. Living to accomplish your God-given assignment is guaranteed to succeed. All you have to do is read the word of God and you see over and over and over again. There were people who did really good things but the things that we marvel about, the things that we talk about are the things where people accomplished what God had put in their hearts. If you're doing the reading plan with us, you know Moses' story, you know the story of Joshua. We're reading Joshua's story now. And just throughout the Bible, it's filled with different people who accomplished great things. But the reason they accomplished great things is not because they were fulfilling their own dreams. It's because they were living on assignment. Living to accomplish your dreams, while it might be good, does not have a guarantee, but living to accomplish your God-given assignment is guaranteed to succeed. I would love to pray with you this morning. If you're at home and you're hearing this message and you just, you don't know how you're supposed to go from here, prayer. That's why I want to start with praying with you this morning. I want to pray that the grace of God will just come upon you 
to just submit your plans and your dreams and your pain to him. And that he would open your eyes and open your ears and open your heart so that if, when he speaks and when he tells you of the assignment that he has for you, that you're humble enough to receive it. So would you bow your heads with me at home this morning? I would love to pray with you. Father, I just thank you for your people this morning who are hearing this word and they want to live on assignment. Or maybe they're still in a place where they're still mourning and weeping of the, from the things that they've lost because of COVID, from the dreams and the plans that haven't really worked out the way they wanted it to. But God, I thank you that you desire for us to live on assignment, to live in such a way that it impacts eternity. So God, I pray for your people and I pray that as they spend time in your presence, as they pray, as they seek you, as they ask for direction and wisdom from you, that you will reveal to them the assignment that is specific to their lives. For some of them, it's with their children and their businesses and their family. But I thank you that you have an assignment for each and every person. And I pray this morning that your spirit would just show them and direct them and give them wisdom as they spend time in prayer. And God, I just thank you for everyone watching this morning. And I just thank you that this word would just produce something in them that they did not even expect in Jesus' name. I would love to pray with anyone this morning who maybe you've been tuning in this entire time and you've been listening to me talk and you know that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Man, I would love to pray with you because starting a relationship with Jesus truly changes everything. That's where it starts from. Jesus came and he died for your sins so that you can have a life and a relationship with him. And so if you've never received Jesus into your heart today, I would love to pray a simple prayer with you. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, that is all it takes. It doesn't have to be complicated. There's no 12-step process. If you just pray this prayer with me this morning, everything changes in your life. And if maybe you're watching this, and maybe you once had a relationship with Jesus, but maybe you walked away or just different things have come in and just stopped that relationship, I would love to pray with you for you to restart your relationship with Jesus this morning. So would you just bow your head with me at home or in your car, wherever you're watching from, and we just repeat this prayer after me, pray it with passion, pray it loudly, and as soon as you pray it, something significant happens in your life. Pray this prayer with me this morning. Say, Jesus, thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me and saving me. I've made mistakes. I've hurt people. I've hurt myself. And I'm sorry. Today, I ask you to come into my life. Change me. Restore me. Forgive me. And mold me. From today, I declare that I believe in Jesus, from today, I declare that I am following Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening today. 
If you like this message and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or visit cities.church slash podcasts. Don't forget, you can join us live for our Sunday morning church experience at cities.church slash live.